You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to episode 72 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, usually it's something unusual. I use that line all the time. No, I mean really unusual. Like <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> like like, like the underwear pants? from Seven? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Requires its own power supply. Goodbye, horse. Oh, wrong way, sir. Well, this week, <laughs> if you couldn't guess, we are going over the movie career of one Bill Murray. I don't think they have to guess. It probably says so on the file name of the show. Well, wait, wait, wait. We label we we label these accordingly. Usually, yeah, yeah mo- oh. most of the time. <laughs> hey, with the exception of does Tribble have puss puss? They're all pretty much easy to figure <laughs> <That's> out. <laughs> true. <laughs> Strangely enough, that's a got that's a show that gets the most hits because everyone's like, "What the fuck is that?" That that is still I, that's still my favorite title though. I mean. That whole yeah. that whole running joke was was just amazing. Oh yeah! If you'd like to go back in our archive and listen to "Does Tribble Have Puss Puss," you can always find our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. Yes, and if you'd like to contact us, you can call us at seven zero eight now wrap seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. We're going to hear from some people who've done just that, but before that, let's talk a little bit about the musings of a geek podcast network. Yes. What is that, Joel? What is that? I figured I'd throw Joel under the bus. He wasn't ready. Oh, you're asking me what it is? Yeah, what is that? It's a network of really geeky podcasts from ranging from comics, movies, and even sports. Sports. It's fantastic. You can find it at musingsofageek.com. It's true. That's well done. That was excellent. I'm not a newbie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't, can also... I was going to say, just a warning, don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, note to self. You can also find us on Geek Life Radio, Saturdays at noon. All right, now that that business is out of uh, the way, uh, we want to hear some voicemails, kids. Oh, Can't boy. wait. Yay! These always go fun places. Uh, speaking of fun places, we will start in New Zealand. Fuck <gasps> 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 development. That was me flipping the game. Well, I don't appreciate the international call to talk bad about Will Arnett. Yeah, that was that was all I could get out of that one is that uh, she does not like Will Arnett. A guy thought there might have been a quote in there from uh, Arrested Development. I believe she said "fuck Arrested Development" and Will Arnett both. I think she said that twice. What? Uh, Play it again. She she said "fuck Will Arnett" and "fuck Arrested Development." Yeah, and then you know I couldn't make out the rest because between the connection and her accent. Uh, Let's let's hear it again. Fuck Will Arnett. Fuck Arrested Development. That was me fucking the bed. That was me something the bed. That was me fucking fucking something, I think. That was me fucking the dead. Well, this conversation took a weird turn. (laughs) Speaking of a weird (laughs) turn. The dead while she hates Will Arnett. Is that what's going on? Whoa. Speaking of a weird turn. Someone we haven't heard from in a while. Oh, God. God. Fronts to the butt. This is Ned and Loss. Hey. I don't know when the last time I've called in is. Sure, it's been a while. I took a little hiatus from my podcast and listened to Christmas music. And when that stopped, I uh, discovered a little app on my Android for a uh, local scanner, scanner chat. So I've been listening to going on in my local area. 
Um, the reason I'm calling in today is because every morning for the past week, I've been waking up to my head. I thought I'd share. Oh, fuck. Um, let's see. Let me wait for the loop to end my head so I can pick it up at the beginning when it starts off. What's happening? Does he realize he's still getting recorded? Anyway. I think he's answering you. Going on there, he had a song stuck in his head. He wanted to tell us about it, and then he forgot apparently it. his brain shot down. And <laughs> If you think wow. about it, though, Nanamaleska, give us a call. Yeah, uh, if you have a song stuck in your head, that was, call that was us, a very eternal sunshine of the, <laughs> of the spotless mind moment right there. He just, cause it did feel like he was answering me, and I got really confused. I'm too high for that. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> All right, and we have one more. It's quite funny that you guys bring up the uh, little Winnie the Pooh and the lobster rubber suit phone dangly thingy, which I don't think goes on phones anymore because I don't think phones have those dangly thingy holes in them anymore. Um, poor team, 12 million years ago, I used to manage a video store, Blockbuster, um, because, hang on, wait, 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 Winnie the Pooh, Blockbuster, had those machines with the little wee capsules in them. And that Winnie the Pooh one was one that we had for quite a while. I think we went to a couple of different series of them. And I can honestly say I spent far too much money collecting every single different one. And I mean like dozens of these bloody things. I didn't even put them on my phone. I put them on my bag, which I don't think I have anymore. But it would be cool if I did manage to find it. But no. But yeah, so we do have capsule machines. Um, our prices are a bit more expensive. I want to say our one and two dollar coins are gold coins. So I'm pretty sure one dollar they used to cost. I'm sure they've gone up to two dollars now, which is bullshit. And, and thank God I don't have kids because I would waste too much, far too much money giving into them wanting them. Um, and yeah, crane machines. Crane machines are huge here. Toys galore. My boyfriend loves crane machines. Can't go past them without putting money in, unless he doesn't carry cash around, which may be why he doesn't carry cash around anymore. Um, again, we don't have kids, but I've still got a room full of soft toys, kids' toys, because he can win maybe one out of, maybe take up to five tries to win a toy, yeah, maybe less, sometimes more, depends on how stupid the machine seems. Um, I don't know if you guys have little toys and really big toys, but his best goal yet has been he put $2 into a machine to get a big toy and somehow managed to snag two big toys. So that's just a fucking miracle if he's ever paid those things. So yeah, I shared a picture to the Facebook page of um, some of our claw machines and one haul we got one night. Um, yeah, no cheap though. I don't think cheap would fit in our machine. Um, okay, bye. Back to the front. Hey, she posted some pictures of the, the stuff that she's won, too. She's got some pretty cool swag off those machines. I am disappointed to hear that there are no sheep in the machines in New Zealand, though. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. But well, I do want to say that I'm a lot like her boyfriend and the fact that I can't I can't walk by something without putting money in it myself. But for me, that's strippers. Ah. And then I end up with a house full of soft toys just like them. Wait, what? Ah. Wait, what? what? Wait, Wait huh? what just happened? <laughs> Wait, you know, I, I do that in real life now, like, and I don't know if I did it before and I just never noticed it, but like I was at work today and I was like, wait, what just happened? And it just kind of happened. And I was like, whoa, it's like a catchphrase now. All because you clipped it out, you dirty bastard. <laughs> nice. You're going to need uh, to get t-shirts made. <laughs> I never thought about it, but I should. Uh, on the front, it should have like my face say, wait, and on the back, it say, what, what just happened? <laughs> That actually sounds pretty damn cool. At least I, uh, I, though I like the um, adequate. Well, that and the butts to the front. I mean, they're slowly amassing. Yes, I do like that. Nenim Loss started his message with fronts to the butt. Yeah, and then ended it with butts to the front, even though it was a little garbled there due to connection issues. Yeah, I think it's about that time. It is about that time. All right, see you guys this next week. Week in <laughs> music, movies, and TV. Sparks! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
No miscellaneous this week, though. So no miscellaneous. I was ready there to go. Complaints right, of, there were complaints about miscellaneous, so I got rid of it, even though I had a good. Oh, uh-huh. I was ready to go. Miscellaneous. We were complaining. Oh, anyway, but this weekend, some date. The date was there earlier. <laughs> this weekend. Whoa! What happened? Where's the date? The date Wait, was nineteen seventy. Okay, January fifteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Okay. Yeah, the... that, that was the premiere of uh, the second season of Saturday Night Live and the introduction of Bill Murray to the world. Whoa! Dum dum dum. Uh. Okay, so music. The number one song in the UK is Don't Give Up On Us by David Soul, better known as Hutch from Starsky and Hutch. Wow. That's amazing. He later had a career standing in a corner with glass over his face, holding knickknacks. These, these are the jokes. No, they're not. <laughs> Wait, don't, what don't put that on us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep That's, going. And the, the B side of that one was uh, She's Like the Wind. <laughs> Uh, Torn Between Two Lovers by Mary McGregor is number one in the U.S. Ah, The Name is Bootsy Baby by Bootsy's Rubber Band and Low by David Bowie are both released on January 14th. Now, that Bootsy's Rubber Band, is that Bootsy Collins? Yes. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Many yes. Bootsies do you know? Oh. Well, three at the moment. <laughs> Bootsy Hemingway. Two, two now after the, after the great... <laughs> Bootsy Nixon. After the great Waffle House fight, I know two now. All right. <laughs> Bootsy McBootserson, you know. <laughs> Bootsy Goldstein. <laughs> He's my account. Which brings us to movies. The Gauntlet, starring and directed by Clint Eastwood as a top movie, followed by Slapshot, oh, the semi-pro hockey comedy. We gotta, right wa- we gotta find a reason to watch that. I still have never seen it. Really? We can watch one of the remakes Wait, that Wait a second, there's a recently. sports movie that I have seen that you have not? <gasps> oh, yep, I've, got it. I've got it. What? We should do Slapshot and Goon with uh, yeah. Ooh, that. That's actually a really good that's idea. That's a great... That, there you go. I'm putting it in the notes now. Write that go down. Ahead, keep going. Uh, the original Original Freaky Friday is released on January 21st. Uh, January 13th, 1977, the birthday of Orlando Bloom, English actor from Pirates of the Caribbean, and acronym of the week, T-L-O-T-R-R-O-T-K. Yes, that's the last of the racist, Rage of the Clan. That that's that's that goes together really well. Damn, Jimmy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, minorities don't think so, but... Huh. The special edition comes with your own sheet. Oh, God. Yes. Wow. That is the Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Okay, let's, yeah, that let's get that one, out before, okay? Uh, TV, the top three shows in order. Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and Three's Company. Now, I know there was a Laverne and Shirley crossover between Happy Days and them. Did they ever cross over to Three's Company? No. No. I would have liked to have seen Laverne and Shirley on Three's Company. Happy Days, I, th- I think, I'm not 100% on this, but Happy Days, I think, has the record for most spinoffs. Well, it was uh, Laverne and Shirley, actually, wasn't, wasn't that? Yeah, Laverne and Shirley yeah. is one of them. Um, Morgan Joni Mindy is one of them. Joni loves Chachi. Yeah. Uh, That's three. Um, less was... happy days. <laughs> there, there were, actually, I've seen was, happier there days. Followed happy days. There was a show that followed happy days. It was like it's. Uh, oh um, yeah, I've seen it. And I can't remember. It. Yeah, uh, happy, it was like Happy Days Forever or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what it was. Was Mouth it? of is the South. Yeah. Ralph so Mouth. yeah, that's four right yeah. there. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But January fourteenth, the pilot show Fantasy Island. I like that show. I do oh too. yeah. All about it, it was Love Blade, Boat and then Blade. Fantasy Island. The Blade, Musty Blade. Have you guys ever heard uh, "Why Do People Have to Fight" by Hervey Villachez? No, I oh. want to. Though is it on your phone? Yes, I that's knew it was. Amazing. Right next to Boy Wonder. Uh, he Hervey Villachez was great in Fantasy Island, but what was the movie where he played the king? Greaser's Palace. No, 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 no Forbidden no. Forbid Zone. Yeah. Forbidden Zone. Yeah, that was crazy. With Danny Elfman as the devil. Yeah, and singing well, too. It was Richard Elfman uh, wrote and directed it. Yeah. This that's okay. a classic. Uh, TV. 
Uh, also, this being the debut of Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live, this is also the first appearance of the Coneheads, which was actually a pretty good movie. Ugh. I'm, it okay. was a movie. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we, we agree on that point. And Saturday Night Live movies weren't exactly awesome, so it's, I mean, not like the bar is real high. It's only really Blues high World. in stuff. Yeah, there's only like maybe three Blues or four Brothers. really good ones. No, well, Blues Brothers is the king of all Saturday Night Live movies. This is true. All right. But Wayne's World was, was, of course, good. The Ladies' Man was better than it should have been. Night of the Roxbury. No, let me take that back. Night of the Roxbury was better than it should have been. Uh, it's just Pat was terrible. No offense, Pat. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that movie. Sport. Cade McNone, American football player, is born on January 2nd or 12th. Cade McNown. What, he gets McNown? the name pretty much right, but the date wrong. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> January 2nd, plus January, 10. Plus 10, 1977. Imran Khan takes 12 wickets to match for Pakistan win at the SCG on January 18th, 1977. The next day, Ernie Banks is elected to the baseball elected to Hall of Fame. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm blaming the... my editor right now because... Okay, well, I may have mistyped something, sorry. But... <laughs> he is elected to the baseball elected to Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that sentence. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> I missed that. What? Oh, now, now there's nothing about election. <laughs> Ernie Banks is it's... to the baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> As... <laughs> Imran Khan is to the wicket match. Forced to eat the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, that works. Visual humor <laughs> works so good on a radio show. Um, <laughs> so, main show. <laughs> there, I have yet, I cannot even imagine one person that has not at one point or another seen a Bill Murray movie. I mean, even my in-laws who oh, wait, don't watch. Was Bill Murray this week? Oh, God, what did you watch? I thought we were doing Eddie Murphy. I've never seen a Bill Murray movie. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah, see, you're still not getting it. I'm going to go check out the hutch and see what's in there. <laughs> I think Starsky's hiding in the hutch. He spent all week listening to Big Murray Head. <laughs> <laughs> big big Todd and the Monsters. Anyway, you are saying. Yes, Bill Murray. And honestly, he, when you say people that get better with age, he's going to be, he is one of those guys. It's no big deal. He is quite possibly one of, you know, he's going to be, but he hasn't won any Oscars yet, has he? Well, he's he's kind of achieved legendary status lately because of his, his antics that are not drug-fueled, alcohol-fueled, or negative. Just he's weird, random things where he pops up places. And no one as, will ever believe you. Right, but they have pictures of him at all these different crazy things that he should never have been at, but he just kind of shows up and so i mean it's increased his everybody loves bill murray now i mean it i mean people loved him before but now he's like he's an endearing part of pop culture yeah he is now yeah, and i think part of it is his very deadpan very ultra sarcastic sense of humor that he's developed and it's sort of changed over the years as he's aged i mean he's always got that same undercurrent but he's not one of those guys that always plays the exact same character mm -hmm. he's he's a lot mellower now but in the same notion he is still a lot. I mean, I think honestly, in some of the situations I've seen him in now, like when he was on um, David Letterman, and he dressed, showed up in a uh, white limo, being pushed by stagehands and dressed as Liberace. Did yes. am I the only one? I mean, it just he, he, the stuff he can pull because because I'm Bill Murray now. <clears throat> Did I, you see the one where he uh, <laughs> he jogged off wearing his tuxedo in, in order to prepare for the marathon? Yeah, like sitting there on Letterman, and he's like, "Oh, is that the marathon coming up?" And he just leaves, starts jogging. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that he. Does Despite that kind of deadpan sarcasm and, and everything, he's never he never comes off as being unlikable or mean spirited about it. Yeah, that's it. He's not he's never mean about it. He's never like 
he's self-deprecating and, and, and can be kind of short and rude and things, but yeah, never, never in a mean spirit. And he was nominated for Lost in Translation, but he has not won an Academy Award. I just right. Yeah. He did uh, win the Golden Globe for Best Actor for that film, though. Correct. Uh, it's interesting, though, that although fans do love him and he's gotten on with many directors, he is sort of notoriously difficult to work with. Yeah, I had a hard time working with him. No, you didn't. So he's a fifth. I think, I think one of the most interesting interesting things about Bill Murray, just in general, before we get into his whole you know career and everything, is he doesn't have a publicist. He's one of the few people in Hollywood that doesn't have a publicist. He doesn't have an agent, anything like that. There's no way to contact him if you don't know him, if you're like not close friends with him and don't have his his phone number. He doesn't give it out to people, and the in the and like you know he he doesn't share it with people. And he doesn't allow people to share it. There's one phone number that you can call if you want him to work on something, and it's just an answering machine, and you leave a message, and maybe he hears it, maybe he doesn't. If he likes what you've got to offer, he'll call you, and if he doesn't, you just never hear from him. Yep. And it can be years later when he finally says, you know what, I think I'll do that, and he calls somebody up. <laughs> well, uh, Titanic, you say. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, another interview of David Lerman and crap i forgot his name he was in um oceans Eleven, the new one george clooney george clooney and he's like after working on monuments men with uh bill murray he's like he picks up the phone one day and he's like hi it's bill i'm at the airport he's like what airport here in milan you gonna come and get me and he just showed up on on his front doorstep just showed up and he's like he hung out for like three weeks we watched some movies played some tennis and you know then he's like well i think i should go now and he left <laughs> that I, I so much want to live in that world right <laughs> so let's get a little bit about it okay first off he is a chicago born comedian he is ours he's a chicago one <laughs> yes that's that's something to be proud of heck yeah yeah i was born actually born in wilmette but close enough hey, uh he was the fifth of nine children and <laughs> of irish descent he also has uh, actors brian doyle murray joel murray and john murray his brothers that are all acting uh he went can to I loyola but can i say something about that real quick no i did not realize <laughs> until we were discussing last week what we were gonna do when one of you said oh we can't forget brian doyle murray so I'm like, Brian Doyle Murray, why is that name familiar? And I'm like, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's his brother. And then I looked and I kept looking and they're like, oh, and his brother's Joel Murray. And I looked up Joel Murray and I'm like, wait, what? That's his brother? And I, I never knew this. I never knew that those two guys, John Murray, nobody knows, he's not really famous like the other two. But I mean, Joel Murray was was George Calamari in, in One Crazy Summer. And he did uh, God Bless America, the the Bobcat Goldblatt movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, Brian Doyle Murray's yeah. the voice of, uh, uh, what's his name on SpongeBob? I lost his name all of a sudden uh, the ghost pirate damn it anyway I never knew that. Yeah, there's a lot of you, lot did, of... you really didn't know that they were brother. I had no clue until last week, right before, and I was saving that to tell you guys till this week because I thought it was crazy that I never realized that. Hmm. All right, never knew. That's crazy. Davy Jones. No, it was the Flying Dutchman. Thank you. Yes, Davy Jones Locker is where he put people. But yes, so. Davy Jones. Or <laughs> damn it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a break and go sit in the corner with uh, Hutch over there. So he went to Loyola, uh, played sports, and did some acting. But in his in his own words, he mostly just screwed off. He went to uh, Regis College in Denver to study pre-med, but dropped out after being arrested for marijuana possession, which is funny now. Uh, Then he joined the National Lampoon Radio Hour with Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, and John Belushi, and then those guys became the original members of Saturday Night Live in 1975, and he joined Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell 
which I think was a big mistake. And a spinoff, actually, I believe, of Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> and that show failed, and he went over and everyone was like, hey, why don't you come with this Saturday Night Live, and we'll make more funny things, because Howard Cosell isn't funny. <laughs> well, it was just called Saturday, Saturday Night at that point. Ding dong, it's the lead shark. Saturday Night Live until the Howard Cosell show. Oh. Yeah. Wow, the Howard it's... Cosell show looks like it only got three episodes. It was the Saturday Night Players or something like that, wasn't it? Did you say? Oh, it's Howard Cosell, Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray, Christopher Guest, and Billy Crystal. Which wow. sounds amazing. Christopher Guest, Billy Crystal, Bill Murray. That's a yeah. lot of funny. But yeah, Billy were Crystal the, uh... only went to that show because he felt slighted at the audition that he had at Saturday Night Live. They wanted to hire him, but some it basically it, it kind of got paths got crossed and channels got crossed and everything, and he ended up not getting hired, and he got pissed off and went to the other show. I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> wow, they had a lot of good guests on that show, too, for uh, only three episodes. But well, anyway, we're not talking yeah, we're not about talking Howard about Cosell. That. So, I skipped over a lot of the little stuff that he did, like the Howard, Howard Cosell thing, and jumped right in at Meatballs, 1979, where he played Tripper Harrison. Now, this is one of those that all of us have. Well, Pat hasn't seen Meatballs? Pat hasn't marked no. any of these as seen. Uh, oh, shit, I'm no. sorry. Let me go through real quick. I was doing the tweet, so... That's all right. Wait, well, keep talking. We're talking. We Meatballs, played. we were talking about earlier. I, I literally had never seen it until we were in college, and our friend Jay kept talking about how his favorite it was his favorite movie and i thought he was kidding uh but eventually we all sat down and watched it and uh it's one of those classic tna movies from the 80s or well right for the 80s i guess but it's not really are there really a lot no it's just it's kind of a precursor to that kind of type of movie though yeah because it's not on the same level as like hard bodies and that sort of thing no but when you're talking screwball sex comedies i would put meatballs in there yeah i would too nothing yeah one of the earlier so he played Tripper Harrison that that he was the uh, camp counselor, like the head counselor. And there's that classic line where he's trying to get through, like, they're just trying to squeeze through the, the two buses with the girl with the big boobs. And he's like, he's like, something about just the three of us should be alone later or something like that. And I don't know. Jay used to quote it all the time. This is also the first example of one of his characters solving the point of the movie with a big speech. Something that he does over and over again throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere near the climax of the movie, they just cut to Bill Murray and he gives a funny speech and that like leads us into the last act so i liked it it's been forever since i've seen it but oh, i know yeah. i liked it uh then there was... i watched it not too long ago and it holds up actually i, yeah. I mean other than a couple spots it really holds up it's still funny I'll have why to can't you quote the line then pat what line about where he's squeezing through the bus with the girl with the big boobs and he says something about the four of us should be alone together or something like that later the three of us should be alone I don't remember that line. Well, you just watched it, and you're like... You well, I, it wasn't like the, the other lines. day. No, I mean, I watched it like a year ago. Oh. oh. You're always so good with quotes. Yeah, so. I know, but that one doesn't strike a bell at all. Okay. Anyway. Strike a bell. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> strike a bell. Strike a pose. After that, he did something called Miss, M- Mr. Mike's Mondo Video, where he plays Man on the Street. And I still have not seen this next one, and I really want to see it. It's called Where the Buffalo Roam, where Bill Murray plays Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, it's streaming. It was streaming on Netflix for a while, and... Uh... Yeah, it's been on my list of, for years to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think it fell off uh, oh. the uh, title because just the other day I did a search for everything they had with him in it, and mostly it was uh, stuff that he was a bit part in. Mm-hmm. So after that, he played uh, the dragon in a mo- something called The Missing Link that none of us have seen. But then 1980, Caddyshack and Carl Spackler. Do. That's what I said. That this one was another one of those where he just his character made the movie, and another one where they just were like, "All right, Bill, just do." something and we're there are so there are so many just 
titans of comedy in this movie there's there was no way that it was going to not be funny and it almost so many times just just fell crashing down because of ego and because of drugs oh, and it yeah. al- and it almost didn't get made so many times and it, i mean and, i mean they, they had in the budget they actually had a budget for cocaine yeah that's one of the there's, there's a great uh is it on like is it on e or bio uh the biography channel they have a whole like hour or two hour long documentary about it it's fascinating and i remember that that was nuts yeah and like uh, so, uh, one 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 of the writers ended up killing himself because he got removed from the writing staff before the movie was released and finished and everything. I mean, it, there's a, a whole interesting story behind this movie. That everything about it is fascinating. Well, the were, all, all the comedians were like at the height of their popularity, uh, and they were just they had just become famous, and they didn't really know how to handle it. And they were partying all the time. Yeah. The set the, the set was almost crazier off when the cameras weren't rolling than when when they were. The whole scene where Bill Murray. Uh, has got the uh, the weeding thing and he's smacking the flowers. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. Cinderella oh. story. <laughs> Former greenskeeper now leading the field of masters. That whole scene, they just again. Th- this is where I mean he had this talent so early on, and that's uh, looking at some of the uh, sideline stuff on YouTube and looking up some stuff about Caddyshack. This one, that whole scene was they basically said just talk to yourself, pre- pretend you're playing golf. Yeah, and they oh, were, yeah. They, they basically just t- just turned the camera on and said, all right, do something for the camera. And he did that, and it was supposed to only have been like like a 15 seconds like cut between scenes but he just kept going with it and they're like this is amazing and they recorded the whole <laughs> thing that and the whole scene where he's carving he's making molding the little animals out of uh c4 oh, oh yeah and, and the, the <laughs> Dalai Lama scene too those are all improv yeah so he had it so good. yeah this was also the directorial debut of harold ramus yes yep. And, they and he met. was no he was no older than any of those guys, and he was the, basically the only one that wasn't doing coke, and he was trying to control them all. That's <laughs> right. And he only didn't do coke because he knew he had to control them all. <laughs> yes. I want to play. But then they got back together next one year. Of my favorite, one of my favorite stories in all of Hollywood is wow. actually from this movie. Um, this was Rodney Dangerfield's first foray into movies ever. He'd never done any you know anything commercially, you know, and he just done stand up comedy. And they cast him in this movie. Nobody even really heard of him too much. You know, but, you know, some some of the guys knew he was a funny guy and he goes out to film his very first scene and he does all his stuff. And, and the first scene that they film is like, you know, is the parking lot scene where he pulls up with the with the Asian guy and he's all like, you know, Wang, it's a parking lot. You know, this is my buddy Wang. No offense. <laughs> all that stuff. And he's doing all this and then they call for a cut and he goes to one of the PAs and he's all like, hey, I'm, I'm out there. I'm, I'm dying out there. Nobody's laughing at anything. <laughs> they had to explain to him like, well, they can't laugh. It ruins the takes. But everybody is just dying. <laughs> So he's all like, oh, okay, I get it now. Hey, Pat, <laughs> did you know that I am only two people removed from Rodney Dangerfield? Wait, what? Shut- Serious? Serious. How's that? One of the ladies that I worked with at the grocery store in Naperville, her sister dated him. You? Huh. I, mean, I want to do that. Well, o- really older cool. sister. And I, and she's like, yeah, I didn't tell you that. I'm like, why would you not tell me that the second you met me? <laughs> like, it's like coolest thing you've ever said to me. So, but after he's, that, he's one of my inspirations because he didn't become famous until he was like you know over fifty years old. He yeah. didn't become famous as a comedian. You got ten more years. Exactly. Nineteen eighty one. Stripes. Yeah, I actually watched this one just about an hour and a half ago. Oh, I envy you. This movie oh, yeah. is hilarious. Again, I they, love that movie. They pack so much comedy in with Bill Murray. They could have easily just let Bill Murray carry this movie, but with as many people with uh, that they had in this one, it's. I mean, it's just like it's just like Caddyshack. Are either of you two homosexuals? No, but we're willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> you mean yeah. like you mean like flaming? <laughs> Yeah, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, uh, John Candy, John Larroquette, 
Uh, Judge Reinhold, written uh, directed by Ivan Reitman and written by Harold Ramis, and yeah. uh, with Len Bloom and Daniel Goldberg. But <laughs> John Candy name, in this one was my name is Francis. Any homo is call me Francis, and I kill you. Yeah. You look <laughs> calm down, Francis. <laughs> also, the love interest in this one we've got PJ Souls, who we talked about quite a bit when we talked about Carrie. Yes, mm. she and, is a cutie. And then Sean Young, well before she went crazy. Still cute, though. I'd do her. Totally. The crazy chicks are always the best. That was my uh, PJ Souls impression. Until they glue your testicles to your butthole. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Then second best. That's a hole in one. When did that happen? Doesn't matter. Still had sex. Uh, with yourself. The conversation just took a weird turn. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Stripes is another one of those movies where I quote like regularly because like, you know, anytime anybody mentions Wisconsin in any kind of way, I always say, I got my ass kicked in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Have you ever been convicted of a felony or misdemeanor? Robbery, rape, car theft, that sort of thing. Convicted? convicted? No. no. <laughs> Never convicted. <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah. Those, I mean, again, that's a fact, Jack. I mean, the, he's, he is so quotable. Bill Murray, it's like, even though he's playing off the cuff, every single thing that he's doing is one of those where it, it lasts. I do yeah, have well, to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I was just going to say there was an unusual amount of nudity in this, even for an 80s comedy. Oh, oh my God. The this, whole scene the with him with movie, the. I saw pubic hair and I was I was so excited. I think that part of the movie got like, you know, got a little hiccup put in it. You know, how would you pause too much on a VHS tape? <laughs> That's funny. Let me guess it. It was a scene with John Larroquette and the, and the, uh, oh, the shower girls. Yeah. I didn't oh, know yeah. they could do that. <laughs> See, that was another one of those where, you know, go go over to my parents' house. They have a ridiculous amount of DVDs. Stripes, man. I haven't seen Stripes in a long time. Man, I'll put that on. The the kids will love it. They'll love Whoa! <laughs> the hell was there I a, thinking? There is a lot of inappropriate shit in that movie. <laughs> yeah. We got we got through about maybe 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, that. I was going to say, the, in, the, in the first five minutes when he's in the apartment and she's walking around topless. Yeah, we. I mean, and the whole teaching how, teaching how to swear oh, in, yeah. the, in English class. I'm just like, again, no. Son of bitch. And then it's one of those, like, are we not watching this, Daddy? Daddy had a seizure or something. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Here. Here, watch RoboCop. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> so, runs in the family. And then he had uh, played Jeff Slater in Tootsie in 1982. I don't remember him in Tootsie. I don't either. Yeah, it was, it I was, was. I haven't seen Tootsie in years, though. It was, I mean, it was Dustin Hoffman's movie, though. So, I mean, right. more so, he must have been. He must have been, like, a, just a, a quick five-minute character or something. I'm pretty sure he was an off guy in the office. Who cares? Let's talk about the next movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we can move <laughs> yeah, on. Let's move on. Okay. If I say this sentence, I'm sh- I'm relatively certain that this is the, you guys are going to agree with me. If you were to take any character that he has ever played, this is the number one that pops into everybody's head the second you hear Bill Murray. Ghostbusters, Dr. Peter Venkman. That's probably true. I, I cannot think of, a, I mean, a better acted part for this guy. Yeah, for most people, that, that this is his iconic role. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it came out, I remember watching it with, um, well, my brother, uh, loved this movie, in fact. Is it for, like RoboCop? Yeah. We, we, it was so weird with all the monsters and all the, all the ghosts flying around, the taxi cab driver that was dead and all that. We had to fast forward through the first three, four minutes with the library, and we had to pick up with them running out of the library, because that, for some reason or another, the librarian ghost gets just scared the shit out of my little brother but all the rest were fine the rest of them were all kind of comical that one maybe that one was too realistic i don't know i don't but and you know what i watched this one not too long ago me too well yeah we just did the sigourney weaver show last year yeah but i mean between then and now even uh it just holds up 
Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It does hold up. Don't don't you don't have to you know, question it. No, I'm not I'm not questioning it. I'm just oh. so excited that it does. I mean it's you and uh ghost It doesn't look bad for a thirty year movie, it really doesn't. No, the effects are really good. The whole you know, the there I mean you can tell where there's some green screening, but you don't care. And they didn't use a whole lot of like period jokes as far as like, you know, dated they didn't like refer to anything that was only popular in the eighties. They didn't have like a guy running around with a Rubik's cube or whatever, you know, like Yeah, that's I guess, so like Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only 80s the only person in this movie that was totally out of place now they could i mean is um Harold Ramis. Not Harold Ramis. What's his name? The neighbor. Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis. No. I wouldn't have even said that he was out of place. Yeah, I mean, no, not I've, at all. Yeah, I've known accountants who are similar to that. I was thinking more uh, Jeffrey Jones, isn't he in this? Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey, who's the guy that? Who's the a- asshole guy who's trying to shut him down? Who? No, not Heck. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, Walter. Peck. Oh yeah, that, who? Is, uh, that's not Jeffrey Jones. That's, no, it's um, not. Uh, the guy from he was in Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, the, the reporter from Die Hard. Um, but he seems out of place to me. I don't know why. If you're gonna pick somebody, I'm gonna pick him. Well, I and you know what? I could agree with you on that, Joel, because uh, in the last 10, 15 years, you're more likely to have someone from the Environmental Protection Agency as a hero or a neutral character than as an out-and-out villain. True. So that's that's a little uh, kind of more of the time. Right. That, that's a little more Reaganomics-based. You know, the EPA is bad. Yeah. Right. But yeah. even then, I mean, one small thing in a, the the overall, I mean, it's just it's a it's a classic piece of everything. I mean, it's got everything in it. It's got scares. It's got jokes. It's got action. I mean, it's he it's plays an, almost an action amazing. hero. Got Sigourney Weaver wearing very little clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Annie Potts. Any mm-hmm. pots is pretty damn cute wearing, too. Wearing too many, too much clothing. So <laughs> big and glasses. Is, and this is another one of those. I don't say another one of those, but I mean, this is another example of of Bill Murray just being Bill Murray, and very little of the script was actually used in this. There were so much of the scenes with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd were just ad libbed right off the cuff, you know. So, and what's did we talk about that during the Scorny Weaver show that uh, what's his name Walter Peck still gets like shit talked some. Sometimes because people recognize him, they're like, "Hey, you're that asshole from Ghostbusters." <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, look, look it up. I read, I read an article that he, he, there was actually one part where he was at, uh, like, at a bar, and someone's like, "Hey, you're Walter Peck. God, you're that dick." And it's just like, you shut down the Ghostbusters. And he's like, "No, it's a movie. No, it's, I'm, it's not a real person. Don't hit, don't hit me." So after that, nothing lasts forever. Nobody's seen this. The Razor's Edge. Bill Murray plays a dramatic role in this one where he plays a recovering alcoholic. I have heard this is amazing, but I have never seen it. I haven't so either. So. It's, it's like Michael Keaton's Clean and Sober? Yeah, yeah. Or just, Sandra Bullock's uh, 28, 28 Days Later, days. whatever. Not yep. later. <laughs> She's <laughs> being attacked by plague, plagued out. Or being attacked by alcoholic zombies. Or Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like how he plays uh, two of the three characters from Newhart in The Razor's Edge. Anyway, and then happened the little, remake of... Little Shop of Horrors, where he plays Jack Nicholson's character from the original. Arthur Denton, the guy who really enjoys going to the dentist. Duh. And uh, the dentist is played by Steve Martin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only in it for, God, maybe five minutes, if that. Kind of steals the movie, though. Well, it's well, a fight between him and Steve Martin, actually, I think. Right. Yeah. Just a great scene overall. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it kind of overshadows a lot of the other stuff, <laughs> unfortunately, but so good. Yeah, great stuff. She, anybody, Pat has seen She's Having a Baby. Yes. Is that a documentary? 
Uh, no, it's uh, he. I, I I haven't seen. I saw it in the theater, and if I remember correctly, uh, the the Kevin Bacon's wife plays a photographer, and he plays himself trying to do a commercial shoot or something, and he like it just plays it up as like a total diva. So he's not acting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't remember much about it. Other, than, I mean, other than that, right? So moving on, Scrooged. A Christmas oh, classic. Saw this in the Love theater. It. Really? It. Yeah. Yep. I've seen this movie in the theater too, and in person about a dozen times. This is one that's grown on me over the years. Uh, when it first came out, uh, I didn't care for Scrooge, but I, I have grown to love it. It seemed to me like the first time I saw it, it was it was a little bit scary, if I remember correctly. It was a little creepy. Yeah, it's, it's a lot darker. Yeah, but I think any of the dark comedy that's in it is off-played by him. And you have so many good characters playing opposite him, like Bobcat Goldthwait. When he when he blows on Bobcat Goldthwait's oh, yeah. belly at the end, <laughs> that was, I mean, it's and the whole, I mean, the whole movie, I, and initially you think, you know, him playing a character who's supposed to be all cranky and a mean, like, like Scrooge, but he pulls it off, he keeps, he he has that mean edge to him, but still keeps that sarcastic sense of humor through the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like, he really is uh, uh, an Ebenezer Scrooge for the 1980s in this. Yeah. Now, this one holds the distinction of having all of his brothers in it. I yeah. read that in uh, trivia somewhere that Brian Doyle Murray, jo- Joel Murray, and I believe even, is it Larry Murray, are all in this movie, which hmm. is crazy. I thought it was Murray. Murray Murray. And that would be dumb. He's quite contrary. So anyway, uh, Ghostbusters 2. Which was okay. I liked it. I mean, outside of the a little bit of the the dated uh, thing with the whole giant, you know, walking Statue of Liberty, I, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. In contrast to the miniature dancing Statue of Liberty, right, <laughs> which was totally different. It was it was good. I mean, you got you got what you were looking for. What you were looking for in Ghostbusters Two was more of Doctor Venkman making wise ass cracks and ghosts. Wise ass cracks. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but it's a square root of three. Do you not know who this is? This is Vigo. That was the thing is I loved Vigo as a villain, but uh, I've gone on record before on this show saying I did not like Ghostbusters 2. Uh, It was a movie that really couldn't decide what sort of tone it wanted to have. Uh, Vigo was a a scarier villain than anything, including the library ghost in the first. Mm -hmm. And then you go from that to the controlling the Statue of Liberty with pink ooze and an NES advantage in the same film and it just and, and don't forget about the song everybody sang yes song. i was trying to block it out <laughs> he's trying to avoid that pat come on have i completely blocked it out what song did i miss remember everybody uh, everybody in new york sang the song to get the speakers going to get the uh, sludge going to get oh, everything oh that's right I yeah, thought it was it fun. Stupid. I mean, it, it's more of the of the same, basically. Maybe it doesn't have quite the same spirit or the same, you know, chutzpah that the original had. But I think it's still a, it's a worthwhile sequel. I, I think it's got it, it did exactly what it was made to do, like Mike said. You know, just showcase everybody and make some money. You got to see more Annie Potts. Yeah, that's true. And she was a little bit more zestier on this one too. Did you say possessedier? Maybe. All right, quick change. Me and Pat have seen it. 
Long good movie. Time. Good movie. Um, clever, clever plot. Actually, I mean, it's no shakes the clown. The 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 actual robbery plot was was well written. Yeah, and it. Bill Murray, Gina Davis, Randy Quaid, and Jason Robards. Now this is one where Bill Murray's dressed as the clown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I know I liked it, and I want to see it again just because I know the three of them were really good together. Yeah. He robs the bank as a clown, disguised as a clown, and creates a whole hostage situation on purpose. And while everybody's got him surrounded, got the police surrounded, he goes into the bathroom and takes off all his clown clothes and makeup and blends in with the hostages as they all get released. And he's got the money hidden on his body and everything. I mean, it's pretty clever. Tell the hostages, like, hey, he wasn't one of us. What? That didn't happen, but no. Did anyone else just hear a Transformer? Yeah, that's that's why I said what. I didn't hear a Transformer. You, You Skyped out pretty bad there, Joel. All right. Sorry, the Transformer blew. <laughs> he needed the money. <laughs> and what about Bob? Baby steps. I watched baby this steps, one this baby week. Steps, baby as a matter of fact, love this movie so much. Baby step into the elevator. Baby <laughs> step into it's it's. I'm quotable. sailing. It's it's one of my gone? favorite. He's of, never gone. Of the more recent ones, uh, well, yeah. recent thing. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites of the bunch. Well, it's directed by Frank Oz. So there's a guy who knows funny, and I have to say, Richard Dreyfuss can be pretty damn funny. Yeah, he's really he's really good at the funny too. Now he's, he's, like, he's like a he's like another Charles Grodin. He's just underrated. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Richard Dreyfus. How could you like Richard Dreyfus but not like Charles Grodin? Because Richard Dreyfus was in Jaws. I knew that. <laughs> somehow that's, I knew Jaws. That's was a linchpin right there. You know, I would accept that answer. <laughs> <laughs> what, if Charles, what if Charles Grodin was in Jaws instead of Richard Dreyfus? As long as he got eaten by the shark, we can talk. <laughs> You know, I'm going to remember you said that because someone getting eaten by a shark is going to be relevant in the second half of the show. (laughs) Note to self. So this, um, uh, Bill Murray has actually gone on record as saying is he thinks it is, it is his best movie, and that's Groundhog Day. Another one I watched this week, and another one I, I can put I in would, anytime. I would agree with him. I think this is my favorite Bill Murray movie, and one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's also the movie that pretty much permanently ruined his friendship with Harold Ramis. Yep. Really? Why don't I know that story? Oh, they had very different ideas about the way this film was supposed to go, and uh, as a result... Uh, they did not speak, I, I believe, ever again, really. Bill Murray wanted it to be much more philosophical of a movie, while Harold Ramis wanted it to be much more of a comedy. And so Bill Murray intentionally ruined many, se- many scenes and many takes because he wanted it to go a different way. And so they just butted heads the entire movie and it fractured their friendship so badly that they did, they'd never spoken. Wow. But look what the end result was. Yeah. It, I mean, it, go ahead. I was going to say, it's got a great cast and, and it's one of those movies where you don't know exactly what's going on, but it's so well done that you don't necessarily need to know and and the the points that they make and and what happens are i don't know it's just it's again it's one of those just, blends despite of andy mcdowell it's a great movie yeah. oh shut up it's got yeah. a lot of great she's things awful. in it she's, she's awful she was pretty awful. good in this like i did not like her in a lot of other films but no i'd give her credit for this one yeah. she didn't suck that's the best thing i could say about her what were you gonna say mike i was gonna say this is the movie where he got the uh mutant deaf personal assistant isn't it oh yes yeah mm-hmm. he did that just to piss people off. Yep. So, uh, but no, Groundhog Days. I've, I've this one I've watched with kids, and this 
one, I think. Uh, how many years did they? There's a guess like he he lived ten thousand. Yeah, approximately. some ridiculous amount of years where he just kept kept living life over on this one. But this, I think, is an amazing movie, and it is it's up there with Ghostbusters and my favorite Bill Murray movies. Yeah, this is my favorite Bill Murray movie, easily. Easy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think it might be my favorite too, but it's a lot closer. No Garfield. I mean, huh? this is just this is just such a great movie in so many ways. It's just, I mean, it's so. It, it, I mean, they they study this movie in film school actually in some classes. I mean, it's it's so well written. Yeah. Uh, the original. A couple things about the ending. The original ending. I uh, had them move on to the next day and then discover that Rita was trapped in her time, her own time loop, and oh. the cycle starts all over with her. Oh wow! I uh, never heard that. That's- yeah, they didn't use that. Uh, the other interesting uh, interesting thing about the ending that did happen is uh, Bill Murray almost refused to shoot the final scene. Really? Uh, yes. There was, uh, he basically asked everyone, he's like, I-, I need to know how I'm going to be dressed from this. A- am I wearing the clothes I wore the night before? Am I wearing PJs? W- what's going on? And Harold Ramis had not thought of the question. He didn't know. Uh, everybody on the crew had a different idea. Uh, so until the decision was made, Bill Murray refused to shoot the scene and they took a vote from the cast and crew as to what he should be wearing and the vote came out tied. Oh, jeez. And because the vote was tied, he refused to shoot the scene until uh, one girl in the movie, uh, assistant set director, her first film, she raised her hand and she said, he is absolutely wearing the clothes he he wore the night before. Uh, That's my vote. So Harold Raymond said, well, yep, that's what we're going to do. Cool. That's pretty. That's a pretty sweet story. Yeah, came down to one random person's vote. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? All right. After that, he did Mad Dog and Glory, which only two of us have seen. Uh, it's been years since I've seen it, but I, the most interesting thing for me about Mad Dog and Glory was you've got the two actors. And then two characters. The characters are a police photographer who's a little timid and doesn't want anything to do with the crime world and a mob boss. And the two actors are Bill Murray and Robert De Niro. Now, I put those two characters out there and those two actors and you could assume who plays what and you'd probably be wrong. Because in this one, the timid cop is De Niro and the mob boss is Bill Murray, which was the one thing I remember enjoying about the film. That makes me want to see it. Yeah, it was it was okay. I I don't remember it being great. I just remember walking away from it going, okay, that was a movie I saw. (laughs) And we've talked a lot about how, depending on the film, Uma Thurman is uh, either very attractive, at least to my tastes, or not. And this was one where she was actually smart. Smoking in, just yeah. really hot in this one. All right, I agree with that. Then after that, we got Ed Wood. Wow, that's see, that's that's one of my favorites, or if not my favorite, uh, Tim Burton movie. And uh, he he plays kind of a little bit more of a sedated Bill Murray in this as Bunny Breckenridge, but it's just a great movie all the way around. And and Bill Murray is just spot on in that in that role. And if you watch uh, uh, any of the documentaries about Ed Wood and stuff and learn more about him, he just he played that character perfectly. Awesome. Then we move on to, if you go go to a sedated Bill Murray, to Kingpin, where he plays Ernie McCracken. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, come over. Hello. I, <laughs> no, not you. Her. <laughs> yeah, you I know, cannot see this movie enough. I don't care how many times I see this movie. It always makes me laugh. This is one that has had the opposite effect on me from Scrooge. I thought this movie was hilarious when I first saw it. And with time, I have become less of a fan. Huh. Oh, oh, how? I I don't like lowbrow humor, and I I despise toilet physical comedy. And there's a little bit of that in this. Yeah. What about oh. lowbrow humor? 
But there's Back also the Jim, Hutch. Bill Murray. Bill Murray is just <laughs> brilliant in this movie. Every scene with him in it is just amazing. Okay, then uh, like that hair in the final scene, that comb over when it just gets out of control, and he's the way and he's bowling with the, the the way he bowls with the one hand and then left hand sticking out. I mean, just the whole thing. The ball with the rose in the center, <laughs> and the back the the back brace that he's wearing that's all like custom designed and everything. Just oh, Tanqueray and Tan Ensemble. <laughs> Keep them coming. I got a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you. The, the one that really, the moment from this movie that does still make me laugh is when Randy Quaid is in the uh, convertible and he's offered a drink. Oh, yeah. And he, he shakes his head. No, no, I don't drink. I, I'm this good Amish boy. And then he hits this ginormous bong. <laughs> <laughs> Some some things I can figure out for myself, and they pan back, and he's taking a shit in a urinal. (laughs) All right, nobody's seen Larger Than Life. And, Pat, you haven't seen Space Jam? No. What? Really? Really. The hell is wrong with you? I have no desire to see that movie. (laughs) Okay, um, this is a reason you need to see this, because Bill Murray plays Bill Murray opposite Michael Jordan. Okay. I have I have seen bits and pieces of it. I've seen the whoa. I don't play defense like that stuff. You know. No. You have you seen the whole conversation? It's, Newman's it, in it. Uh, it's because I'm white, isn't it? No. Larry's white. So what? <laughs> Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Like, <laughs> he is so good in this. It's it, fun. Yeah. I mean, is. it is about the most '90s movie that was ever made. Oh, completely. <laughs> I still I still have my uh, VHS with the collector's coin in it. It's a, it was a giant <laughs> yeah. commercial. It was a really a giant commercial. Hog? No, it came with it came with this. You know, it's an aluminum coin with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny on it. Yeah. It, to it be fair, a, the three of us who are in love with it are from Chicago, and Patrick is not. That's true. Right. It, it was a marketing ploy to sell things, and, and that, that's yeah. why I didn't want to see it. Yeah. But it was so well done that it didn't matter. It just felt like a giant commercial to me, and I just didn't want to see it for that reason. It is, but <clears> it's a very well written commercial. It's like a Super Bowl Sunday commercial. Charles. The, <laughs> Charles Barkley saying his prayers. I promise I'll never swear a gun. I'll never get another technical. I'll never trash talk. And they cut away and come back to him. And goes, I won't go out with Madonna again. <laughs> Seriously, Pat, it's worth your time. Once. It is. Watch it, it is. with your watch it with your with your niece. Yeah. You'll like Fine. it. I'll try it. Try it. All right. The but man I'm not who trying knew- a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. I don't care what you see. Or peanut butter and miracle whip either one. No, did we're we not talk about that? Peanut butter and miracle whip? No, the peanut butter and pickle thing. Yes. Yes, we talked about that last show. I had a well, caller calling about it, remember? Yeah. Well, uh, we didn't talk about the tweet that we had this week. We skipped over that. That uh, oh. Maybelina tweeted this morning that that's what she had for breakfast, and it's our fault. <laughs> and, and I lamented that even she is not brave enough to uh, try the peanut butter and miracle whip sandwich. And she said that's just crazy. I'd like to point out she had that for lunch too. <clears throat> by the way, two? No, she had the peanut butter and pickle sandwich for lunch as well. Oh, are you stalking her now? No, she sits next to me at work. I know. <laughs> He's just she's, not very good at it. She's like two feet away from me at any given That's why moment. he got the job yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And he's like, do you smell pickles? Do you okay. smell peanut butter? So after this Space Jam That's- is The Man Who Knew Too Little, where he plays Wallace Ritchie. Nobody has seen this, but I have seen, I watched uh, Bill Murray on Conan O'Brien back when he had the original show uh, talking about this. And the whole premise of this movie is that he is his, it, it's actually almost kind of funny because he just kind of shows up on his older brother's doorstep. Hey, I'm here type of thing. And he's having this, he's the awkward brother. His his brother is this really, uh, I don't know, probably like a lawyer or something. I don't even know what. But he gets his, gets uh, Bill Murray to go to one of these uh, immersive theater things where they kind of like, mix, you know, where they mix you into it like murder mystery ones. 
Well, he thinks he's playing the part in this whole murder mystery play. He walks into the phone booth, and he gets there right before another guy and picks up the phone like he's supposed to, according to the script that they're given to, they've given to him, and immediately gets embroiled in a spy, a spy chase. Holy crap, I have seen this. I'm looking at the uh, IMDb entry for this, and I've totally seen this movie. <laughs> I want to see it. It sounds like it's pretty damn funny. It's supposed to be pretty good from what I've heard. Well, so was Larger Than Life, though, for a kid's movie, too. Yeah, I, I remember this because uh, he, the whole time he thinks he's still just, like, playing along, and he gets mixed up in this honest-to-goodness spy, spies and hitmen running around shooting at each other. Yeah, no, this was this was actually pretty good. So, I want to see it. Sounds good. After that, he was in Wild Things. I don't remember him in that movie. I remember four other things, but not him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Rushmore. I haven't seen it. Okay. You guys are going to hate me again, I think. Again? I I don't like Wes Anderson films. Oh, my God. I love you. I like uh, Bottle Rocket I enjoyed. But after that, he got very pretentious and full of himself and too artsy for his own damn good that I just, I can't. The last Wes Anderson movie is one we'll talk about later that I watched. But Rushmore, I don't get it. I don't get why everybody loves it so much. And Bill Murray was great, but I didn't care. You know, I can't disagree with you on anything you say about him getting too artsy and too pretentious. But in general, I tend to enjoy his films anyway, despite that. I'm most of the same ilk, yeah. I, I, I disagree a little bit with Joel, but not entirely. And I definitely, even though I liked Rushmore, I don't understand the absolute love for it. But I do still like Wes Anderson. But some of his movies are really just overblown crap. But the good ones are really good. Which well, And they're definitely very carefully made overblown artsy crap. I mean, yeah. that, nothing is left to chance in the films he makes. Uh, they're painstakingly researched. The color palettes are chosen as careful as any painting by a painter. I mean, you could say, well, hmm? I was going to say, because he's definitely setting out to make art. Yes. Mm. And I I can't, I can't fault him for that. I mean, don't get me wrong because David Lynch, who I, is one of my favorites is exactly the same way, but in a different type of medium, different kind of way. And that's exactly why I can't stand David Lynch. That's why I said I can understand your feelings for it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't fault him for it. I just don't care for his movies. I find him to be all those things I said previously. And this one, I, I watched it and I enjoyed Bill Murray's performance, but other than that, I don't ever need to see it again. Alright, and after that, he was in Cradle Will Rock, where he played Tommy Crickshaw, and this one I want to see. Directed, produced, and written by Tim Robbins, starring Hank Azaria, Reuben Blade, Joan and John Cusack, Carrie Oles, Bill Murray, Vanessa Redgrave, Susan Sarandon, John Turturro, Emily Watson, and it's set in 1937. It looks like, yeah, one of those big ensemble pieces that was big right in the, earlier in the 90s, but this was towards the end of that when they did a lot of those big ensemble movies. Yeah, and I tend to like movies that Tim Robbins has taken an active role in the production of, so I'm sure I'd like this. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we break, gentlemen? Yeah, I think we're going to call our break here at 1999, and what we will define after we come back as now is any of the parts of Bill Murray's career that happened after the year 2000. Yep. So we will uh, be back in just a little bit. Yeah, it's no big deal. (laughs) You said it first, Pat. Well, I said it. I did. We say it. We both said it. Yes, you did. All right. Break. 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 Put it in age. I will break him. (laughs) Go for it. Biblical. What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. 
Hey everybody, we are back and uh, ready to talk about some post-2000 or 2000 and post-Bill uh, Murray movies. And coming off of uh, Cradle Will Rock and Rushmore, he jumped right back into the silliness with uh, 2000's Charlie's Angels, where he played Bosley. And I think he did a pretty damn good job of it because he was playing opposite, um, crap, what's his name? Bernie Mac. Yeah. Well, no. No, Bernie, no, Mac, no. Bernie Mac uh, did his character. I know who you're talking about. You're talking about yeah. George McFly. Uh, well, no, uh, I was thinking Tim Curry. Oh, okay. The, t- the scene with the two of them in the sumo suits. Fair enough. Actually, got, was pretty oh, good. Crispin Glover, too. Crispin Glover, yeah. yeah. It's fun. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like uh, kind of the last ditch efforts of the 90s action movie before, but it, you know, was a little late being 2000, but... You know, it was fun. I don't I know. I think it. that it was probably one of the better of the remakes of a uh, 70s or 80s TV show. Like, I enjoyed it more than Tar- Starsky and Hutch or Dukes of Hazard remakes. Well, Dukes I was luckily much never later. saw Duke, Dukes of Hazard. Starsky and Hutch, I think if I was going to rate it, rate those three, it would be the uh, Angels, Starsky and Hutch, and then Dukes. Yeah, that's that's where I put it to. This is also one where I talked about him being difficult to work with. This is where his reputation really amped up because he was so notoriously bad to work with that he was replaced by Bernie Mac. In particular, he had issues on set with Lucy Liu, and the two of them would get into screaming matches uh, uh, at each other on set, and uh, the two of them refused to work with one another after this film. What would they fight about? Uh, he basically called her no talent hack. Well, and, uh, she did not uh, respond very well to that. He's not wrong. I I think he is. I think Lucy Liu's a pretty decent actress. Uh, maybe I just haven't seen enough of her. So I agree. She is hot. <laughs> You've not been watching the right movies then. Yeah. I think we're having different conversations again. Anyway, I own both of them, so I mean, it's not like I don't like them. I, you know, you own Bill Murray and Lucy Liu. No, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's <laughs> Angels. How do you, how do you <laughs> keep them apart? <laughs> Charlie's Angels, you bastard! It's like a war zone in here. Punish a war zone. Uh, all right. After that, Joel saw Hamlet, where he played Polonius. Uh, Ethan Hawke. It's interesting. It's a modern take on it. If you like. Uh, Shakespeare, worth your time. Yeah, I wanted to see this, just didn't get to it. Yep, same here. It's in my Netflix queue. Osmosis Jones, Frank Detour. He plays the dad who's sick. And the infamous booger scene. Just, this movie, I think, was pretty dang funny, but I think it was overtly gross. Yes. parts with him in it. CGI. I didn't find it to be all that funny. Well, I mean, it's a kid's movie. And so, I mean, but it's just like the CGI snot was really something. Yep, you just uh, have ensured that I will never see this film. <laughs> <laughs> it really, I i did not find this movie worth the time. Yeah, paying the bills, Bill Murray. So after that, the Royal Tenenbaums, which I have not seen, but all of you have. It's another Wes Anderson movie. I think this is probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Hmm. This is I, probably my second favorite. I still have Bottle Rocket as my number one. I like Bottle I, Rocket, but this one I like a lot. I would agree. There's one scene. Well, there's two things about this movie that I enjoyed. Gwyneth Paltrow and the scene where uh, I think it's Bill Murray, Danny Glover and Angelica Houston are walking. And <laughs> I believe it's Danny Glover that falls in the hole in the construction site. Or is it Bill Murray? One of them falls in a in a hole, and it's just so out of nowhere that it makes me yeah, laugh. I think, it was, I think it was Danny Glover. Every time I see it, I laugh out loud, which <laughs> has been all of twice. But still, it it yeah. So I mean, it, 
Bottle Rocket is is number one if if I'm gonna pick one. Royal Tenenbaums would be probably after that as a as a distant second, but you know it's a really good cast, and I mean I can't fault them. Everybody was really good in their roles. I thought. I mean, it is one of the more disjointed, and I, I have not seen Rushmore yet, but I know that that's kind of become his modern style where. I normally don't like uh, tonally inconsistent films, but that's kind of Wes Anderson's stock in trade where you're not sure whether it's supposed to be a drama or a comedy from moment to moment. And he kind of does both as part of his character study and his creating this world, these worlds that his films exist in. Yep. Yeah, I'll have a lot more to say about that when we get to his uh, next one. Speaking of sex, nobody's seen this. <laughs> Moving on. Lost in translation. Josh and Pat. Um, I saw this one today, and this has been on my list of films to see for a very, very long time. This is Sofia Coppola's uh, big breakout directorial role. It was the first appearance of Scarlett Johansson in a major studio film. She started the film at uh, age 17, and she was 18 by the time it was done. Um, aside from a bunch of Japanese local actors, you basically have the cast being uh, Scarlett Johansson, Bill Murray, and Giovanni Ribisi. And even Ribisi's not in it very long. Um, this yeah, they, is, uh, they, they carry the movie, the two, the, you know, Johansson and. Well, it's Murray. basically they're, just, I mean, it's their movie, right? Yeah, they're well, in 80% of the, mo- of the scenes. It, although they don't meet at all or speak for the first 40 minutes of the film. Which is interesting. They are in the same elevator once near the beginning, and they also like never introduce uh, themselves to each other. And this was—I don't know. Joel has talked about watching a movie for this show that has kind of like changed the way he thinks about things, and a movie that changed his life. I kind of feel that way about having seen Lost in Translation today. Huh. Um, it is a movie that it's. I don't want to say it's painful to watch, but there's there's kind of a heartache there with these two characters that uh, don't that feel alienated by where they are in their lives. They feel alienated in their marriage, and they're most alienated by the fact that they are just incredibly uncomfortable in this country that they're each stuck in for their own reasons. And they get into this relationship, which is non-sexual, but it's kind of like – if you've ever been in a situation where there's someone you have an instant connection with and you kind of feel like you're almost romantically involved with them, but you're not. And if you were to see them with someone else, you'd get jealous, even though you know it's wrong. They've got that kind of relationship and they really translate that well to the screen, a feeling I think a lot of people have had. Hmm. Did I say that about a movie that we watched on the show previously? Yeah. Or just about movies in general? It might have been. It actually might have been about a comic book. Uh, I, 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 I I did say that about yeah about the Dark Knight Returns, but I, I have that feeling. There's there's few movies in my life that have had that effect. That um, yeah, so it's true. I just I, I didn't remember saying it, but yes, I did say it about the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and uh, that I, I don't know. How'd you feel about it, Pat? I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Um, I remember I remember liking it, and I, but I do definitely remember that whole feeling, like you said, of, of like almost being uncomfortable the entire time watching it because they did a really, like you said, they did a really good job of creating mood in this in this movie, and they did, a, I mean, and they did a good job of portraying you know the whole fish out of water with the Japanese culture and the two of them in the middle of it. Like I mean, I thought it was a well done movie, but I I don't completely understand a lot of the love for it. I mean, I enjoyed it and I liked it. Maybe I need to watch it again now that I'm, you know, ten years older. But 
Yeah, I think if I had seen it uh, when it came out in 2003, I, I might have enjoyed it, but I don't think it would have hit me quite the same way because I, it's, it makes you think a lot about how you feel about their relationship because it's clearly not chaste, but it's also not sexual either. And uh, it's something you don't see on the big screen or the small screen for that matter uh, very often. And it was expertly done. And uh, I, I highly recommend it. it. It probably is when I said it was really close for me between uh, Groundhog Day and another film. This is right there. And the only reason I'm not willing to say Lost in Translation is my favorite is because I might just be in the afterglow of having seen it just today. Hmm. You definitely liked it a lot more than I did. I mean, I didn't hate it by any stretch, but I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie that was a little overrated. Sure, and a lot of people feel that way that there are two uh, characters that are not particularly likable, and that the plot doesn't move a whole lot, and that they're basically just wandering around their hotel and wandering around Japan. I kind of, I kind of liked him, but I didn't like her character, and I don't remember why. I just, I just remember that I came out thinking that they kind of ruined Scarlett Johansson because I already liked her from uh, Ghost World and uh, what else was she in the, um, was she, the movie with uh, damn it she, when she was a kid and she played a horse rider National Velvet hmm? National Velvet no anyway horse rider so I was already a Scarlett Johansson fan going into this movie and I didn't like the way that they that she that they portrayed her character or that she did whatever but I liked the movie itself yeah, I'd give it another look, especially now. I think you might even be able to relate to Bill Murray even more now that yeah, you're probably yeah. uh, now that we're a little older. His whole yeah. character, who's kind of like lost in middle age, good stuff. Yeah, nice. I'll give it another shot. Coffee and cigarettes. Uh, Jim Jarmusch movie, uh, basically about coffee and cigarettes and a bunch of short vignettes. Uh, Bill Murray basically plays himself as he serves coffee to people at a, a little. Upstairsy kind of diner thing, and he sits down and talks with him briefly. Uh, I don't remember if it's Jack White or the RZA, but it's it's entertaining. I mean, and his role is small, but uh, it's it's all shot in black and white. It's typical Jarmusch fare. Okay, Patrick? an overly artsy movie that I didn't really care for. Yeah, right. that's what I said. It's Jim Jarmusch. Yep, <laughs> two thousand and four. He voices Garfield, which I'm sure Josh loves. Uh, yeah, this is another one I'm not going to see. I don't care what anybody also says. Also an overly artsy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Breck and Meyer, Jennifer Love Huge Tits, and seriously, it's fun. My kids love it. It's it's one of Juliana's favorites, both of these, the, this one and the sequel. And I've seen it, I don't know, many, many times because my kids love it so much. But Bill Murray is spot on, and it, it's just, it's good. It's it, I enjoy it. I think it was fun and uh, it does make me laugh in Zombieland when they're like did you have any regrets and he's like "Yeah, uh, Garfield <laughs> <laughs> that should so, say something but well and when anyway. we did our Sunday funnies episode uh, I went on my rant Garfield is another one of my Lady Gaga Garfield and Risk together they could just burn in a fire <laughs> so if they made like Garfield Risk you'd be like yeah, I would not be purchasing that, yes. Okay. Lady Gaga sang a song about Garfield playing Risk. Oh. Kenny oh. well, G back her up. Now we're getting meta. And Celine Dion is singing. Anyway, All right. so the next movie. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Zo, whatever. Also Zissou. Wes Anderson. Zissou. Also Wes Anderson movie. I watched this Wednesday night. 
Yeah, this is another one I watched today. That's all I've been doing today is watching Bill Murray movies. And I have now saved myself from having to see any other Wes Anderson movies. This, this. is a very poor Wes Anderson movie. I would not base all Wes Anderson movies on this one. No, I'm going to. But Sorry. if you ever wanted to see Bill or Murray go ahead and do it. Yeah. with well, a gun. Oh, yeah. I have. To, okay, there is one redeeming thing about this movie is Bill Murray taking back his ship with... The, when he finally snaps, breaks out of his uh, the ropes that they've tied him up on, and then takes one gun and take chases off the Somali pirates off of his ship. Exactly. Which, That's the only thing that I liked about this movie. Otherwise, it was garbage. That and when uh, What's-His-Name got shot in the chest. Well. But anyway. I didn't know. Uh, Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum got shot. That I, I thought was, for some reason, I thought that was hilarious. I found it very, very difficult to evaluate how I felt about this movie. In the end, I think I kind of liked it, mainly because it's another Wes Anderson movie where he creates this internally consistent, very detailed world that plays by its own rules, and it never violates its internal rules. That's kind of a thing about him. And... I don't know, just like getting into the fantasy, it's almost like an underwater, weird, artsy Baron Munchausen kind of thing. See, but Baron Munchausen, it, I agree with you, it almost had that kind of ridiculousness to Baron Munchausen, but it needed to push it just a little bit further to go to that. Yeah. I want. Well, I Wes Anderson never wants to go completely surreal, he just likes to go a little off kilter. But see, that's the thing, is I sat here, I'm, I'm with Josh, I sat here the whole time going, I want to like this. By all rights, with everybody who's in this, I should like this. And everybody gave one, – one thing I have to say about it is that everybody gave an amazing performance. Yeah. Everybody played their character spot on. Kate Blanchett and Willem Dafoe in particular were excellent with this. Oh, Willem Dafoe was ridiculously good. I mean, I – he and the character that he had was so off from every other character he's ever played. I mean, this uh, – and by the end of it, I was like, I – if you added up everything that that movie was, I should have loved it. Right. By the, but, by the book and by the numbers. Yeah. It should I should have up. enjoyed that. But at the end, I just sat there and was kind of like, huh. I, I don't feel good. I don't feel bad. I'm just kind of like, well, what the hell? Well, that's why I think you should give another, like, give the Royal Tenenbaums a try because if you liked everything about this movie but the movie itself i think he would like royal the royal tenenbaums that was very well put patrick and and, <laughs> yeah. and very true uh, very succinct there were some fascinating things about this film I, I had talked earlier about a person being eaten by a shark yes <laughs> yes uh basically the actor who played uh the uh what was the character's name he was the uh mentor who starts uh, Esteban, the the old partner Esteban from the first half of the film about the uh, shark. Uh, the actor who played Esteban had always said that he wanted to be in a film where he was eaten by a shark. So really? he was given that uh, in this film, and his death <laughs> at the hands of the shark is pretty much the entire motivating force behind this crazy character study. Uh, nice. Also, uh, the guy who plays Pele dos Santos... Uh, that was a man named Sue George. He uh, translated and arranged all the David Bowie songs that he performed himself. Okay, I have to give it that. The music was great. Him singing all those songs of him, uh, what was he was singing in Portuguese? Yes. It, uh, Major Tom in Portuguese on acoustic guitar was fantastic. I would listen to the soundtrack for this movie, but I don't want to see it again. I, I may have to watch it again, if only to hear Jeff Goldblum say the line, we are both terrible husbands. Of course, I have an excuse. I'm half gay. 
<laughs> that just cracked me up. All right, that was pretty funny, too. <laughs> All right, after that, Broken Flowers. Joel has seen that. Another Jim Jarmusch movie. Um, kind of something that, uh, on paper, is a good concept, and I thought it was executed ex- very well. Um, but he plays Don Johnston. He's a man who has heard that he has an illegitimate son and he goes cross country to meet his son. And along the way he goes and meets all up with all of his exes and basically asks them kind of what went wrong with the relationship. Cause he's, you know, it's, it's every guy's kind of at some point in the life has had that fantasy of going back and talking to his old girlfriends and uh, for no, not so I've much. Seen this, I've seen this movie actually. Um, but it's, it's got a great cast. It's got Julie Delpy, uh, Sharon Stone, Francis Conroy, uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Jessica Lange, Tilda Swinton. I mean, it's and it's very well done, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's kind of slow moving. Um, if you like your movies as a slow burn, um, but it's again, it's Jarmusch, so you kind of have to be prepared to, for that. See, that, that. That's that's a difference between some somebody like you, Mike, and somebody like me and Joel, where we always want to talk to them because we love to live in the past, whereas you don't. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. So, yes, moving forward. That's depressing. Lost City. Nobody's seen it. Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Joel has seen it. I made it 15 minutes into this movie. (laughs) It's got Billy Conley in it. It's got Billy Conley. No, you can't. Rick and Mayer. You did. Jennifer Love Huge Tits. This is terrible. This is. You keep saying that. It's fun. (laughs) Uh, You should watch it. Okay. I'm going to point out one thing is that they did not tell anybody who was playing in a scene with Garfield where Garfield was. Nobody is looking at him when he's supposedly talking. At one point, Sophie looked at me and went, can John actually hear Garfield? It doesn't seem like he's listening. It doesn't seem like he's like looking at him. It looks like somebody's just like commenting like this weird ethereal ghost cat is just commenting off to the side, and you can't really tell if he can hear him. Like, in, I, I don't know. Anyway, it was stupid. <laughs> If you like the first so, one. So wait, 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 wait. This is what it's like to be on the end of one of those rants? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the addition of Billy Connolly does not make it better. It makes it worse. In fact, Billy Connolly has gone down in my eyes for being in this movie. So this is what I sound like, really? This is what you sound like, yes. <laughs> oh, this wait, is... you got to add that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's no, I can't. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, no, it's <laughs> terrible. Terrible. I mean, I mean, to the point where like the kids got up and left the room, and they're kids. Well, once my again, kids love it. Once again, fuck Garfield. Awesome. All right, Darjeeling Limited. Haven't seen it. This was a movie I saw. Woo. Wait, this is this the one with um they meet the, train the Beatles and and what and it's and it's got like Jonathan Jason Schwartzman and and yes. uh, they're the Beatles. Yeah, I have seen this. God, it was awful. Okay, yeah, another Wes Anderson. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I saw this because I liked Wes Anderson. This was, the, I think, this was the last uh, Wes Anderson movie I saw. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm done with him because ever since Royal Tenenbaums, everything has stunk. Yeah, I'm thinking you guys are pretty much not selling me on the Wes Anderson movies here. Cause... I'm telling you, Royal Tenenbaums, and and that's okay. all you need to see. All right, bottle, cool. uh, bottle rocket, yeah, or bottle uh, rocket, yeah, bottle, bottle rocket is good, but Royal Tenenbaums is, in my opinion, the quintessential Wes Anderson movie. Awesome. If you want the Wes Anderson experience. experience. Okay, so when we do a Wes Anderson show, we'll go back to that. I will yeah. be gone that. Bottle week. rocket is just a good movie. But it's it's um it's not really a, a Wes Anderson. He's still learning his stable. trade. Yeah. All right. He's what still... about Bill Murray in Get Smart, where he plays Agent Thirteen? Was okay. It was funny. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. City I event. mean, I saw it because I really like Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. and uh, normally I like Steve Carell. I I thought that I don't know uh, the film was a little. 
I don't know. Just by the numbers. Yeah. When you've got something that has The Rock, Steve Carell, Anne Hathaway, and Terry motherfucking Cruz, and I don't love it, it's just not that great. I got to agree with Too that. formulaic. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Of course, he's going to do this, then he's going to do that, then he's going to do this. It was very... What's a ball bat? Yes. <laughs> Shut <laughs> City, up. City of Ember. Pat and I have seen this. Do you remember anything of it? I remember really liking it stylistically um, and not really caring much for the story. Yeah, it's a it's based off a kid's book. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Uh, Limits of Control, nobody's seen it. Nobody's seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is possibly... I, like you said, I already gave up on Wes Anderson at that point. Which is a, probably, if I'm going to see any other Wes Anderson movie, I'm probably going to see that because... I've heard I, it's really good. Yeah, it intrigues me. I've so. heard it's good too, but because of Wes Anderson, so... Yeah. Um. Now, he wasn't in it for long... <laughs> he made such a freaking impression. Zombieland. This I was watched the first that movie sequence. I bought on Blu-ray. Really? Interesting. Yeah. This, the whole scene, again, he was only in it for maybe, what, 10 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah, tops. Yep. And so I, don't, good. Yeah, I don't think they gave him any, again, no direction, I bet, on this one. Just, hey, do what you do. He well, yeah. There was times where they sent out, you know, like I said, they left a message for him saying, hey, we want you to do this, whatever. And they never expected him to actually agree to do it. So when he did, they just said, all right, well, you know, you kind of got free reign. To, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw Eddie Van Halen at the garden. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he's dead. He's a zombie. <laughs> Look good, though. Yeah. It's it's it, he's he steals it. And the way that they handle his character at the end of it just kind of it was it was a little shocking. But yeah, you, I, yeah. was, I was fortunate enough to not have the cameo spoiled for me before I saw this for the first time. Yeah, because I saw this movie in the in, in the first couple of days of release with my dad, and I didn't know about that either. I didn't even know he was in it. They hadn't advertised it. That's awesome. It's yeah. He he. I mean, he didn't. He doesn't necessarily steal the movie, but he just makes it that much better. It's a great cameo, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the all time great cameos, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Uh, get low. Haven't seen it. Did you? I can't believe you watched that, Pat. When did you watch it? Today. <laughs> uh, based on my recommendation? Yeah. And what did you think? A little bit slow. And the great twist was like not really that big of a deal. And I'm like, really? This is the whole thing that's been the driving force behind all of this? I was very upset. But otherwise, a well done movie. I felt the same way. I thought, and I thought Bill Murray was spot on. Uh, yeah. I mean, him playing a funeral director in a, a 19, well, I don't know what time it was. It was 1930s, I would say. He was perfect. I mean, it was yeah. perfect like, casting. His, his opening, the opening line of his, or not the opening line, but the opening scene where he's talking about, you know, nobody's dying around here. How do we get people to die? <laughs> he's like, he's Chicago. Like, everybody they don't dies. To die. this, he's like, what do you, he's like, this is a business that everybody needs. And when you go broke with the business that everybody needs, that says something about you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's talking about how in Chicago, they know how to die. Gunshots, car accidents. <laughs> oh, it's, it, I mean, if you want to see Bill Murray play a, a role that he really is built for, you should watch it for that, but just be prepared to be kind of let down. Peter Pinkman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it, just it, looking at the cast here and I'm going to have to see it. If nothing else, I'm a big fan of the later career of Gerald McCraney. So yeah, it's streaming yeah, on Netflix right now. But he doesn't have a whole lot to do with this. He's That's only, a shame. He's only in maybe like 10, 15 uh, minutes. Yeah, about 15 minutes total of screen time. But he leaves an impression, and Sissy Spacek is is wonderful. I really... But as always, oh. yeah. Yeah. So... All right. Just so, be prepared for the end. That's all. We're going to skip over Passion Play, Moonrise Kingdom, A Glimpse into the Mind of Charles Swan the Third, Hyde Park on the Hudson, which I so want to see. Yeah, I wanted to see that, too. This one... Have you... Have Josh, Pat, have you seen this at all? Where 
Bill Murray plays um, Franklin D. Roosevelt. No, I hadn't even heard about it. Oh, it looks. I mean, it. It just if you if you follow the uh, Wikipedia link in there, just look at the picture of the the, the poster, and he looks like him. Yeah, yeah, he does. And I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, same here. So, haven't ah. seen it. Really high on my list of Bill Murray movies that I need to see. The Monuments Men. I went to the theater to see this. I saw this in the movies. I, I wanted to. Actually, yeah, me too. On a date, a date night, Suzanne and I went out for. Uh, oh, I was going to ask who it was with. Yeah, Susie and I went out. <laughs> who was your date with? <laughs> and I went out, and uh, we had I forget what the other choices were. It was a couple like action flicks and that sort of thing. But then we saw Monuments playing, and we're like, we're not going to get a chance to see this in the theater. It's not going to be in the theater long enough to, you know, to to put to this put off. off. And I so do not regret it. Hmm. This Good. movie, it. I, I only mean, got to. I, I watched it today, and I only got to watch the first half. I'm gonna watch the other half after we are done with the show. Okay. You, how far did you get? Uh, they had just landed, and they're starting, and they had just divided up and decided where they were going, and just found out that they took the altar. Okay. Um, this is starring, uh, along with Bill Murray, George Clooney, Matt Damon, John Goodman, uh, Jean uh, Dujardin, Bob Balbin, Hugh Bonneville, and Kate Blanchett. Uh, it's a story about a group of art. There's like teachers and professors and all these that join the army to go in and get these works of art out of Europe before the Nazis get their hands on them and destroy them. And it's based loosely on a on a true story, but Bill Murray is so good in this. He's not crazy. He's funny, but he's not like the over-the-top uh, ridiculousness. But he plays, this is another one of those where you can see when he wants to, he can pull the drama out and just destroy everybody else on the screen. Now, the cast is amazing. The cast is really good. I mean, especially John Goodman. And uh, if you guys, do you guys know who uh, Jean Dujardin is? Whoa, no. He's nope. a French actor. Uh, one of his movies is on Netflix right now. He's known for. <laughs> is it, I like how you said that. He's a French actor. Yeah. Like we didn't know. Like, yeah. Wait. Okay. He's wait. Ethiopian. Maybe. Uh, who? He does. He does the OSS one one seven movies, which is kind of like a, a, a them parodying the old nineteen sixties spy movies. Oh, he's right in The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. See, I haven't seen that, but if look at the the OSS uh, OSS seventeen or one one seven Cairo nest of spies and lost in Rio. He did as like a it's a, almost like an homage because there were these spy novels that were written back in the sixties and seventies. So, but either way, uh, Sergeant Richard Campbell is what Bill Murray plays in this one, and he was really good in it. And Pat, you have a lot more cool stuff to go through after this, and it's I'm not gonna ruin it for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely gonna watch the rest of it tonight. Yeah. Next up, Grand Budapest Hotel. Nobody has seen, and I don't know how Pat has managed to see the Jungle Book that hasn't been released yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's seen Grand Budapest. Nobody's seen Saint Vincent. Uh, Dumb and Dumber Two. I've heard. I've heard Saint Vincent is really good. I have to. The only thing I have seen of that is there's a scene where he's singing. He's got like old headphones on. and He's singing along to Bob Bob Dylan and just his mannerisms. For it's it's like another one of those where he discovers that he has a son and he's trying to make uh, good with him. Another drama that he's leaning into. Uh, he plays somebody called Ice Pick in Dumb and Dumber Two, which I refuse to see. Rock the Casbah, coming out in 2015, uh, directed by Barry Levinson and written by Mitch Glazer. That's the story of The Clash. Oh, okay. Oh, well, Bruce Willis, Kate Hudson, Liam Lubinis, Scott Conn. I'm totally kidding. I don't know if what it is. Maybe. I don't know. Zooey Deschanel, 
and Bill Murray, washed-up music producer, finds one last shot at redemption with a golden-voiced girl in Afghanistan. Huh. Neat. Yeah, it's coming have to soon see that. Huh. on your face. And what? You and so, it's, so it's, yeah, so it's not about the clash. I was hoping it was right. Something called Boo, the Bureau of Otherworldly Operations. It's got to be a uh, animated. Star- yeah, it's a uh, DreamWorks. Okay, well, starring Seth Rogen, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, and Bill Murray. <laughs> starring that was my Seth Rogen. Di- sorry. Oh, directed by that was too bad. Tony. Is Seth Rogen a car that is trying to be started <laughs> in February? <laughs> I thought. <laughs> there he goes. I, just, <laughs> I thought suddenly, suddenly Seth Rogen turned into Harvey Firestein with a cold. <laughs> oh, I thought I turned into uh, um, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in Men in Black. Ha 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 ha! Very funny. <laughs> and then 2016. John Favreau is directing The Jungle Book with Bill Murray playing Baloo. Well, how was it, Pat? Dude, listen to the lineup on this. Bill Murray, <laughs> Ben Kingsley, Scarlett Johansson, and Christopher Walken. Oh, and Giancarlo Esposito and Idris Elba. Yeah, I can't wait. It's a crazy good cast. Yeah, that's going to be gonna awesome. It's going to bomb. Shut hey. up. I hey. No, mark my words. It's going to hey. bomb. I'll bomb you. Yeah. yeah. I'll eat my hat if it, if it doesn't. You don't wear hats. I'm wearing one right now. I can't think of anything Idris Elba's been in that's been bad, though. That's that's true. I'm not, I won't deny that. But, oh, wait. Was he in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? I don't think so. He was in Thor The Dark World, Pacific Rim. Yes, he was Grim. in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Was he? And Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus, uh, Prometheus was, was too bad. Uh, yeah. No, but that's yes, good... he was in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So, point, counterpoint. Fair enough. <laughs> but I liked Ghost Riders. Period of Vengeance better than the original. And is... Tyler Perry's Daddy's Little Girls. Oh, there you go. Oh, well. That's it. Okay, well, yeah, that's uh, shot my uh, theory out <laughs> of the water. Now that we've brought, speaking of bad movies, next What's on week, next week? We're doing the first Mockbusters. Now, yeah, you... so instead of talking about just classic pop culture, we're going to be talking about the knockoff that people tried to make uh, capitalizing on the success of the big blockbusters. Right, so we are going to watch 1978's Star Crash. Which is a mockbuster for? Star Wars. Okay. Starring David Hasselhoff. Oh, nice. Which makes no way it... that could be good. Yeah. I am so not looking forward to this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the now, we are watching Transmorphers because that's more than is on your thigh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which strangely is a mockbuster of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Right. <laughs> it's very unique that they went that far off the name title. <laughs> is, is Will Arnett in this version? I'm trying to. I'm trying to see who's in it. Nobody. Uh, well, it might have like Rick Schroeder or somebody, but Matthew Wolf. Griff first. Kevin Dillon. Got a bunch of people that don't have links. <laughs> That's Or last names. Yes. Music Alan by Smithy. The Divine Madness. No, directed I... by Lee Scott, known for such things as Frankenstein too. Reborn. And Dra- a Doritos commercial. The 9-11 Commission Report. <laughs> Ooh, that was a barn burner. <laughs> the Witches of Oz. Oh, my God. That's so, yeah, awesome. tune in next week for a real He's doing one called Piranha Sharks. <laughs> oh, why Why did this sound like a good idea? <laughs> Extracurricular activities. I was too busy typing the, the TWI to pay attention. <laughs> we got you. Ha ha. He did something called oh, so Pirates of Treasure Island. Well, if you'd like to listen to other shows that seem like a good idea at the time, you can always <laughs> check out our archives at Jane iTunes. Jane White is sick and twisted. <laughs> Don't know what the- 
Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and other fine podcasting directories. Oh my god, these movies are terrible. I am queuing up my hate for next week. He did. Oh, he did something called the Dunwich Horror, which I'm sure is terrible, even though it, I like. Anyway. All right. I guess not getting my hopes up on that one either. All right. Good night, folks. We will uh, not see you next week, but you will hear us. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah. It's no big deal. So thank you for listening. You have a good night. Good night. Nighty night. And sports. You are now leaving the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you know who's making Irish cream now? Uh, the Scottish? Me? No. Um, shit. Kerrygold. Hmm? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the butter company? Yeah. yeah. The Olympian? No, that's Kerry Strug. Oh. But she won gold. The hell yes. are you talking about? But she changed her name. Back in so the this beer I'm drink This beer I'm drinking is, is brewed with rose petals. Hmm. Yeah. The gymnast? the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs>